She's a best-selling author and life coach, obsessed with helping women to silence their insecurities, build healthy boundaries, and fearlessly pursue the life and career of their dreams. Join her as she provides you with strategies and real-life tips to create your best life. Welcome to Fearless Fridays with Marianne. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Fearless Fridays. And today is actually a bonus episode in honor of our 14-year anniversary coming up this year. And in honor of Valentine's Day, I have James here with me today. And we're just going to be diving into some questions. I have crafted seven questions that he has no idea of. And he has written out seven questions. And I'm going to answer his questions. He's going to answer my questions. And we're just going to have some fun. Hi, James. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Excited and nervous. It's okay. Don't be nervous. It's just us having a conversation. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Ladies first. Okay. So just a little backstory. We met on MySpace in 2008. Mm -hmm. So this year we're going to be celebrating. Actually, no. We've been together 14 years. And in August, we'll be celebrating our 14-year anniversary. Yes, we will. Did you think, this is not one of the official questions, but 14 years later, did you think we would be here today? No. Why not? I wasn't, you know, nervous in the beginning. Wasn't for sure. Really, we both of us really didn't know each other at the time. Not 100%. Um, Over the years, we got to know each other. But in the beginning, no. And there were some bumps. I agree. There's definitely been some bumps. And, you know, like I said, we met on MySpace and then like what, three months later we got engaged. Right. And then three, four months after that, we got married. Right. And it's interesting because there were so many people that doubted, that doubted, thought we were making a mistake. Right. But here we are. Here we are. All right. So question number one, how did you know I was the one? Well, when I, when I first saw you at Carabas, got up, and we sat down at the table, I, I loved our conversation. I loved the way we were talking, and I liked your confidence, even though at times I don't think you seated yourself and you were sure about what you wanted and what you wasn't willing to accept. And you wasn't the uh, typical woman I go out with or ever, you know, or deal with. And so for me, it you was different. But at the time, I, what I saw in you was somebody can, that can, that I can help grow, but help me grow as a man. Because at the time I didn't, I wasn't for sure about myself, mm-hmm. but I was sure about what I knew that God put in my spirit. Mm-hmm. So when you were on MySpace, did you have, or like, when you were dating, did you have a list? Women tend to have a list of things that we're looking for in a partner. Do men have lists? No, I didn't have a list. Mm. I can't speak on other men, but no, I didn't have a list. I just went with whatever, what was in my gut and whatever, you know, that God put in my spirit. And a lot of times I know off the beginning if it's going to work or not work, you know, or if I'm going to be with a person just because I'm comfortable or if I just want, or if I think it's really going to, if it's not going to pan out. 
But no, men, I don't, I didn't have a list when I first met you. Okay. Okay. So it's been 14 years. This is question number two. What would you say has been the biggest struggle in our relationship? Um, me and being open about my feelings, being open about my things that I go through, you know, coming up, you know, I always felt like a man can't show emotion that a man can can show weakness. And, you know, a lot of times I was good at keeping things in and never verbalizing what I was feeling. So I think in the beginning of our relationship, that was a, that was a hindrance because a lot of times you used to do stuff for me and you didn't recognize if I, if I liked it or if I loved it or anything. And you just thought I just was, I didn't care. Mm. And it was far from the truth. So for me over the years, showing you that I do care, showing you not by just verbally, but by my emotions and being upfront about how mm -hmm. I was feeling about certain things. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, you know, it's sad because sometimes men, especially, you know, well, not men, but boys growing up are told, don't cry, you know, don't be the bad word. You can't show your emotions, but then when men grow up and get into relationships, some women want their men to open up and communicate, but that's not something that's been taught to them. Right. And that was, that's something that men have to learn not because not some men know already, but there's a lot of men out there that don't, they try to have to put on their bad boy act. They got to keep tough. They got to keep, stay strong. Mm -hmm. They can't show that weakness because they don't want that person to see them, especially when you're from the street mm -hmm. and me being from the street all my life. That's all the only thing I knew. So getting with you to show my emotion for you to want me to show my emotion was hard in the beginning because mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do that. Yeah. You know, and for me, it was more of uh, I got to be strong. I got to take everything. I got to take the whole weight on my shoulders and just chuck it up, yeah. you know, but I had to learn to let it go at times. That's true. So question number three, what did I used to do before that I've stopped doing that you wish I would start doing again? Hmm. Well, I would say I would say being on um, continue for us I'll be honestly, I will say continue to be spontaneous. Mm. Um, continue trying different things, not letting stuff stop you. I remember when we from the time we when we first got together, you was always like trying new things and doing things and wasn't hesitant to, to not to, to try anything. But sometimes I think because we get complacent at times that we tend to see to stop that. And and I would love to see you get back to doing that. I think lately it's been, we get comfortable yeah. and then we think that we don't have to do it anymore. You know, and it's the same way when it come down to when people get, when couples get together, you know, you know what it took for you to get that person. That don't mean you got to stop after you get them. You got to continue. And I think sometimes we lose focus on that. We get sidetracked. So I think whatever it took you for you to get that person, you need to continue. Mm. 
So the things that I used to do before, hmm, get back to that. Okay, okay. All right. Question number four, what's one quality that you think holds me back? Doubt. Ooh. I, you know, I've always been to the mode of like when I, I see what you can do, but you doubt yourself at times and you stop yourself at times. It goes go as simple as when you go to the store and you might get like two, three outfits that you know you want. And by the time you get to the restaurant, you might not have none. <laughs> you know, because you always think and you say, well, maybe I really don't need this. It's not that what you need. Right. Sometimes you got to learn how to spurge on yourself a little at times. And when it comes down to even um, branching out when you first started doing, doing these podcasts, in the beginning, you doubted yourself. You didn't think, and so you wasn't you wasn't one hundred percent sure that you can do this. Mm -hmm. But seeing from how you started from day one, and see the growth that you have, and seeing the confidence that you're getting, the king, I wanted I want you to continue. And even when it come down in your own book, I think at times you doubt yourself that you can do it, yeah. and that you hesitate on writing because you doubt that you know, can I really do this? And I think I know you can. It's just you you believing in yourself and not listening to other people or what other people say or do and i know you don't do that now but the enemy always comes to try to kill steal and destroy and he used anything to come in our lives to try to stumble us or make us fall so mm -hmm. for us is more or less just continue stop doubting yourself and keep believing in yourself and know that for me one that you always going to have one person that's got your back 100 percent Question number five, what's something I do that you'll never understand? <laughs> For me, I would say I laugh at times. It's maybe little, but it's funny to me because you can say, tell me, get off my phone. Anyways. And, and get off my phone. <laughs> and I can look over and you on your phone. Playing your little game or doing something, but I might pick my phone up one time, and you be like, "What you doing? We watching a program." <laughs> and you can watch a program and play your game on your phone at the same time. Mm -hmm. But let me do it. I'm not paying you no attention. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. Like I want all the attention on me, and I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, like, these questions that I'm asking, I am going to put them down on the notes. And it'll be funny, like, interesting to have other couples ask each other and even just talk about this particular one. You know, what is it about when our man, our man picks up the phone? It could be just to even check the time, check the score of a game or whatever. And we're like, ooh, you're not paying me any attention. Put the phone down. But we always have our phones with us. That, it's true. Like, pay me attention. Question number six. What advice would you give to other married couples, especially those that are in second or third, fourth marriages? Because this is our second marriage. Um, you were married before for officially. <laughs> it would have been 10 years. 10 years and you ended up getting a divorce and you were mm -hmm. in other relationships. I was married. My first marriage was, 
I want to say, I think it was just over four years and obviously ended in divorce, was in you know, other relationships. We've been together 14 years, about to celebrate our 14-year anniversary this year. Um, so for other couples that, you know, particularly, again, those that have been married multiple times, what advice would you give to them? I would say, number one, communication. I think communication is a key having that having that conversation and number one not just talking but listening yeah everybody can have communicate just talking you and not hearing the person but actually listening what that person is trying to tell you mm -hmm. and and also applying what they're saying look at it be honest um a lot of times we tend to see not to be honest even mm -hmm. for i can say in the beginning for us i i was not always honest about everything about how i was feeling and i didn't and i didn't let you know so because I didn't let you know, it kind of put you in areas that you didn't know what was going on with me, mm. you know, and being transparent, I'll say even when we first moved to Florida, mm -hmm. I wasn't honest in telling you how I was feeling about leaving Acro, leaving where I've been at for all my life mm -hmm. for 25 years and moving to Florida to a place I didn't know and I wasn't comfortable with and I didn't open up and tell you how I was feeling. So in so in that part, you didn't know how I was on being honest. So I would say number one, being communication, being honest, um, and just knowing that knowing that you can't change that person who that person is, accepting who they are and helping them grow. And by you by you doing that, by by you doing it, you can see they can grow stronger. I'm not saying there won't be no bumps in valleys and, <laughs> and, and but it will be, but it's just yeah. learning from the mistakes you know, learning from what things that you can do. And I think too, knowing your knowing your partner's love language, know what, what, what it takes for them, what they're going to be able to listen mm -hmm. you from and what they are. If they are the type of person that they lie in the plane, then just get to the point. Yeah. But if you know you got a, a partner that loves the detail and love and, and like telling a story, then you know you got to tell that story. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, you know, it's funny because you mentioning communication and I agree 100%. I always, you know, like I believe just tell me the truth, the good, the bad, the ugly, and let me make that decision on how to proceed. Because I think that when we start telling lies, when we start omitting information, you're taking that control. You're taking that opportunity from that individual to be able to decide. And I think it's easier. Just be honest. And when it comes to communication, yes, oh my gosh, I can ask you what are the directions to get to somewhere and you want to stop and talk about the color of the trees, how many birds are in the sky. And it's like, man, just get to the point. And that's something that I think over 14 years, I'm finally <laughs> getting used to that I know when I ask you any particular question, just get ready to hear to hear. 75% of details that have nothing to do with the respond. Whereas me, I'm straight to the point. And it's something that you really have to learn. Like you said, get to know your partner and you have to adapt and you have to adjust. Yes, you, you're 100% correct. You got to make that adjustment. <laughs> and not just you, just me also. That I've learned that over time that for me, I had to learn to know how you are and know the little things that irks you mm -hmm. and make sure that be mindful of that yeah. 
you know, because a lot of times when you're not mindful, you're not looking at that. You can hurt that partner if you continue to do it. Yeah. So I've learned to watch the little things that irk you. Mm-hmm. So the last question that I have, and then we're going to hop on to your questions. Where do you actually see our relationship in five years? I see us, man, in five years, I can truly say, I, I, I think I, we, I see us more a lot closer mm-hmm. mentally, physically, spiritually. You know, I think as we grow, as we continue years go, as we continue to learn each other and n- know our wants, we'll be more or less like one, like twined one t- together, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and and by learn and by us continuing to know our, our, our strengths and our weaknesses. And a lot of times I think for us is areas that I know that I might be not be strong in, or I might be weak in. I know you're strong in, mm-hmm. you know, and help helping each other. And I and I see that vice versa. We areas that you're weak in, I know that I'm strong in, to help each other. And there's going to be days that I'm going to carry you, and there's going to be days where you carry me. And I think that's the one thing that I love about it, about it, us getting together. That we don't always agree, right. but at the same time, I can say in 14 years that we've been together. I don't think I can remember one time that I actually got into an argument with you, right. you know, and people are being amazed by when I say that you never argue with your wife. I'm like, no, why? It's called talk communication. I had to learn that, but it's called communication. It's called having an honest conversation and knowing that it's going to be hard times when, when you're not feeling down or you're feeling down, you know, even for me, when I get down and I get in my, quietness moments, you know when something wrong with me. And that's vice versa. And I think mm-hmm. by you doing that, it's we can work good together that way. It's because we talk, because we're honest. We're not trying to hide something. And you can and then it's funny how many couples they won't even get their they spout their spouse's phone and go through it and do this and that. And they you know Cause it's not, I don't work. No, I'm picking my, my spouse. My spouse won't let me hold my phone. Right. You know, where I don't care, grab my phone, go through mm-hmm. it. Cause I don't got nothing to hide. And when you can live that openness in every area of your life, when you open and honest about everything, that means it's, it will work, right. you know, and it takes time. It's just like a, a plant. When you put that seed in the ground and you water it and the sun come hit it and you give it food and nourishment, it blossoms. And that's a marriage. It takes time. And the hardest time for the, for any flower, any plant to come through the ground is from the beginning. And for us, we have to learn that over the years. And right now, I think we still learn. That's beautiful. You know, and I appreciate that because we ask each other questions all the time. And I remember early on when we first got together, we would just ask each other, okay, ask me five questions, ask me 10 questions. And I say we, but I think it was primarily me. And then you slowly started picking it up and doing it. But I think that that's, you know, like you said, you communicate, you get to know each other, you know, and you learn things about each other that unless you have that communication and the honesty and that transparency and vulnerability, it's not going to work unless you have that. Right. Right. So now is your turn to ask me questions. Alrighty. My first question was, 
how was I when we first met and how am I different now? Ooh. So, <laughs> oh goodness. Um, you know, and the beauty about this thing that we're doing, this podcast and this conversation is that we had no idea what each other was going to be asking. So it's like we had no opportunity to prepare. Um, I will say, okay, so something that you used to do before, um, and I guess it's mainly my fault, so I don't blame you in any way, shape, or form. When we first got together, you would buy me flowers. You would buy me little things here and there for the holidays. You would buy me stuff. And I think it was my arrogance and my insecurities because I hadn't completely healed from the relationship that I was in before you and I got together that I was like, Oh, I don't celebrate. I don't like holidays. I don't, you know, they're, you know, holidays is commercialized. And then you stop doing those things. And I miss that. Really? Yes. Like I miss that. Um, you know, one of the girls that I follow, one of my, you know, friends um, from back home, she actually posted the other day, um, this butterfly box that her husband got her. And I was like, oh, you know, just the surprise and amazement that she felt when she was opening because she had no idea what he had gotten her. And I'm like, oh, but it's like, I've always told you, you know, don't buy me anything. If I want something, if I see something, yeah, you know, don't I'll send none to my job. I remember that one. <laughs> and it was like, oh, I, I, I kind of missed that. Um, so, yeah, so you can start again buying me little things and surprising me and stuff like that. All right. I'm going to hear it. <laughs> You heard it, folks. It's documented on a podcast. <laughs> I'm going to keep this recording. <laughs> what did you see in me that attracted you to me? Ooh. Okay. So remember how I just, you know, earlier when it was my turn and I had mentioned about a list. Mm -hmm. Women tend to have lists. You know, you want a man that's this height and this, this and does that. So I had a list. I had a list. And I want to say out of that list, you probably have like maybe 20%. I was going to say one, two. <laughs> About 20% from that list. But it's interesting because when I let go of that relationship that I was in and I said I was going to focus on me, focus on my kids and in our relationship, I... And even though I created the MySpace profile, at first, you know, not not that long ago, kind of some, somewhat recently, I was beating myself up because when I thought about it, I left that relationship in December of 2007. I created the MySpace profile in January 2008, which is where you and I met. We got together and it was like, Man, I did it again. Like I went from one relationship to another. But someone reminded me, yeah, but in your previous relationships, you always had a backup. When I left that relationship, I didn't have nobody. Like I wasn't talking to anybody. There was no one lurking around or, you know, waiting. So I think that that was the beauty of it. I just surrendered to God. And God was like, I'm going to give you the man that you need, not what you want. And he's going to have... A combination but first i'm going to have him show himself to you the qualities that you have missed and that you have always needed in a relationship 
So those things were, you know, being supportive, being a listener, you know, just caring, just, you know, very nurturing. And when I talk to you about like, you know, things from my past, 14 years later, and you've never used anything from my past against me. And you never even questioned things about my past. Um, you just listened and you asked questions just to learn more, but not to use that against me or, or be judgmental about it. Um, and I remember, you know, after our dinner at Carabas and you gave me a hug, I was like, oh, it's kind of like big bear hug and kind of like melted. And I never had that before. You know, and, I, and I, I agree with that because I think a lot of times God sends people in our lives for he gives us what we need, not what we want. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times for us, for couples and even for people, I think sometimes we overlook that. We look at what we want and you say, why? And, you, and that what we want is not what God said you need. He's I'm sending you a person that you need. And for you at that time, when you came in my life, that's what I needed. You know, I didn't see it. At, I didn't always see it at times, even after we got together years down the road when I was self-doubting myself and wasn't for sure I was a you know right person, you know, um, but God continues to say, hey, I sent you what you need. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of times and, and for people, we're, we're always looking at what we want, but sometimes God puts in our life what we need. And that was one of the things that we needed. Yeah. Question number three. What do you think that is making our marriage work and how have how have it grown? How have we grown from that? So I definitely will say our communication. I think we talk and we talk about everything. We talk about our past, the good things we've done, the bad things, all, all the mayhems, everything. We don't hide anything from each other. Um, we've talked about, you know, childhood traumas and all of those things and it's a safe space for each other um and i think that that's very important you know i've met people you know women particularly that they're like oh it's so and so new about this that happened you know they wouldn't see me the same way and it's kind of like well maybe you don't need to be with that person because i think that for anybody that uses our past against us there's some damage there within that person that they need to fix um so I would have to say, you know, that's one of the things, um, just the little things, you, you know, you've learned to recognize when something is wrong with me, like I get really quiet and you don't try to force the issue. Like, you know, something is wrong and you'll, you know, you'll just remind me I'm here when you're ready to talk, you know, what do you need? And I think also you let you not let me, but you allow me the space to be me, you know, very creative, you know, outgoing in a sense, you know, I'm outgoing with my, my small group. <laughs> You're more social than I am. Um, but if I want to travel, you let me travel, you allow me, you know, that opportunity. Whereas people, even now I have met people that will love to do things they say, oh, my boyfriend, my significant other, my husband won't let me do it. And it's like, what do you mean won't let you do it? Like you're a grown person. Um, and when even when it comes to shopping, you know, so many women hiding packages and 
things in their trunks, in their closet, under the bed. And that's one of the things that you wish that I would do is to go shopping and spend money. Yeah, because you don't do it enough. <laughs> so I think those little things, and I think that, again, that just, again, just reinforces that God gave me someone that I needed, not what I thought that I wanted. Yeah, and I think that's the main thing. It's, it's called trust. You know, when you when you get to, when God puts someone in your life, you it's number one you build trust. And when you go someplace, any place you like, when you go on vacations, I'm gonna trust you that you know who you are. Right. You know, you know what you have at home, and you know who you are. And when people when saying you let your wife go on vacations, I'm like, yeah, she can go. Mm-hmm. I want her to enjoy herself. Right. You know, and she wants a girls only trip, or she want to do this. I'm gonna let her do it. Because why I, I trust her. I know she's not going to do anything that is going to harm yeah. us or harm me. And she's going to represent who we are, you know. And I think that's a main thing that I see in a lot of times in a, in a lot of relationships that because of their people past that they tend to see not to trust. Yeah. And trust is what, you know, takes time to build. And that leads up to my next question mm-hmm. is what are some of the things that you had to trust uh, trust me mm-hmm. that hurted you in your past. Ooh. I would have to say that first one would be my past. Like I remember in a relationship, I'm not going to say what relationship, um, you know, the relationship I'm talking about, but that I mentioned to the individual about me being sexually abused when I was younger, when I was a child. And that person said, well, what did you do to deserve it or to allow that to happen? And it was like, what the hell? Like, I first of all, I just told you I was a child. So I didn't do anything, you know, and that was held against me. Um, so that would be one of the things, you know, at one point, because of the abuse and the unhealed traumas, I was very sexually promiscuous, you know, in my teenage years and early adulthood. And you've never used that against me either. Um, you know, and because this, this is a relationship, (laughs) um, podcast, you know, when it comes to sex, I know that that's one of the things that you wish. And I know that you desire more. Whereas for me, I see sex as, you know, like in the Bible, go multiply. And it's like, well, I'm not trying to multiply because I already got the kids that I want and need. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) I know that that's something that I'm still working on. And the way I see myself, but that's something that has been held against me in the past also. And again, and I think that that's what creates the safe space and allows me to trust you and respect you and be, and be so open and honest with you because you've never held anything that I've ever said to you about me against me or like threw it in my face and things like that. No, it's not good to do that anyway. You know, and I always say marriage is not just about sex. Mm-hmm. Is about building togetherness and number one and trusting and and it's sex it's marriage is more than just sex it's it's about the connection that we have it's things that we do it's the communications that we have yeah. it's the everything else you know and seeing the world you know i've since we've been together i think i've seen more of this these states in different countries than i ever did in my whole life yeah. you know so i think in that way it it helps me it got me out of my comfort zone. It got me out of my box. And I think too many times as couples, we stay in a box. We, 
we stay into what we're familiar with and we don't want to leave out of that comfort zone because we know because that comfort zone is is what we feel happiness is and i think at times we have to get out that box to see there's other other differences yeah. and even for us when we move from new york where we've been our whole lives to move to florida and then right. from, from florida to texas i think you know it took us out of our comfort zone you know we went to a different place that we didn't know anybody right you yeah. know and it was just me and you so we had to get closer to one another yep and had to talk and had to really get to know us yeah. and through that time there were some ups and downs but we made it through it because of because of that but that leads me to my next question okay is Therapy. Where do you see therapy in a relationship? I know at times where for me, I went to go see someone to talk to someone about my feelings. So how, mm -hmm. where do you see a ther therapy for couples or for anyone? I, you know, it's funny because like before, you know, when I was a teenager in juvie and stuff like that, I was seeing a social worker, seeing a psychiatrist and all that things, you know, as an adult, not that I didn't believe in therapy, but it was like, well, I don't have any issues, so everything is good. But early on in our marriage, many people don't know, is that we did see a marriage counselor um, for, what was it, like six months or something like that? Six months. I think it was a little while. And I think it's good because it's not necessarily that something is wrong. It's more if you're not able to communicate or something is starting to show up that you're not sure how to move forward on it. I think definitely having, you know, a middle person, an unbiased person provide you with those skills and tools to move forward is very important and it's good. Um, and I think kind of like a car, you know, it's kind of like maintenance, you know, you don't get a you know, oil change just one time and your car is good for life. You got to keep the maintenance going to make sure that, you know, it stays good and it keeps working for years to come. So I think it's important. And it's, you know, interesting that you ask that question because there are some things that I know that I do need to work on and I do want to see a therapist. However, because of COVID, the therapists that I have reached out to are only doing virtual. And for me, when it comes to therapy, that's like so intimate and personal that I don't want to be doing it through a screen or a phone. I want to be in person on somebody's couch with candles and soft music playing <laughs> in the background because that's what I had before. And to me, that just resembles like that safe space. Um, so it's something that I'm open to and something I will be doing, you know, getting back into in the future. Um, so I think that, you know, therapy whether it's individual couples therapy, it's something that everyone should be engaged in, especially if there's any type of trauma or any unhealed wounds that may be triggering for you that you have not worked through. I agree because a lot of times, even for me, there's a point and even during our marriage or times where when trauma came in my life that I had to go see a therapist, mm -hmm. you know, and, for me, it was just when you sit down and it's hard because, you know, men, we learn not that we can't we do. We like to keep everything bottled up and keep everything bottled in and don't want to express or say anything. Yeah. So for us to open up to someone else, is, we seem like we're leaving ourselves vulnerable that we feel like we're going to get we can get hurt easy. Right. 
but I've learned that even talking to the person I was talking to that I was able to I felt the healing coming mm. through the, just by letting it go. Yeah. You know, and knowing that person that was I was talking to who was helping me wasn't judging me. Wasn't wasn't not throwing stuff back in my face. Right. You know, and I think that's one of the main things that I that I see that sometimes people look at therapy in the wrong way. Mm -hmm. You know, especially men because we don't want to. You know, it's just in our D DNA. Yeah. You know, we try to carry everything on and that's how that's how come a lot of us don't live long because we keep so much stuff bottled up but we need to change that mentality right especially for black and hispanic men that getting therapy you know talking to someone about your problems it's like looked upon as something bad yeah it sounds like they, they take it as weakness mm -hmm. and it's really not weakness it's actually helping you to get stronger right and it actually look at, helps you look at your life in a different way you know, where a lot of times we don't, we look at it one way. Oh, we're gonna be weak if we go that. Right. Like people think we punks, or you know, and, and we can't we can't look at it that way. Yeah. Last question. Woohoo! We've gone on fourteen years being married. Yes. And next year be fifteen years. Twenty twenty three. Where do you see yourself then? What would you take? Because I remember before you told me you didn't think we'll make it five years. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to make it past a year. <laughs> so, I mean, from where we see, how yeah. do you see, what special thing would you want us to see us do next year to communicate 15 years of being together? 2023, there's so many amazing things happening next year. We'll be 15 years to uh, marriage. And it's also my 50th birthday. Ooh, ooh. So I think that I would love to be able to renew our vows and just have a big party. And it's funny because I was thinking like, you know, some people, I think I've talked, you know, about this to a you know, small group of friends. And I probably have mentioned on social media too, that because I only turned 50 once and I like to do things big. I wanted to celebrate my birthday the whole month, have a whole 30 day celebration. But I think I still want to do my, my girls only thing. Um, but then like the remainder of three weeks, like I want to do a week with me, you and our kids, you know, your three kids, my three kids, all of the grandkids, just rent a big house by the beach and just come together, you know, and it, I would love it if all the kids were able to attend and show up. And I think renewing our vows, you know, when you and I were first talking about getting married, married, we we're going to have this big wedding and, you know, X, Y, and Z happened. And we ended up just kind of like eloping, going to the beach, Charlotte, sneaking over to one of the gazebos and just our close friends at the time. But I would love to have like a big celebration, celebration of love. Okay. That sounds great. Yay. Let's do it. Awesome. Let me say get a new ring. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. You heard it here also. I'm going to get a new ring. Yes, you will. <laughs> well, this has been great. Um, again, I'm going to be capturing 
all the 14 questions in honor of Valentine's Day and in honor of our 14 year anniversary coming up at the end of, well, not the end, well, the end of summer. So I hope that you guys enjoy this informative and entertaining podcast. Happy Valentine's Day to all the lovers. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you found this episode inspiring so and motivating in. I Don't forget to leave a comment so you can win a fabulous try comment and so you can win a fabulous iTunes or you can head over to YouTube or my fearless or you can head over to Facebook if you are or my fearless living and as always remember you are fearless you are fabulous you are a priority and as always remember you are fearless you are fabulous you are a priority and you matter See you next time. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.